Hello, hello. All right. <clears throat> so this week's, by weeks, whatever you want to call it, uh, podcast is all about using magic items creatively. We kind of such basics on a lot of stuff. I don't do any specific item. Well, I guess I do a couple. Uh, but I don't go like through a list of all of them. I'm just going to pick here and there and give ideas and thoughts. Uh, it's a little, little bit longer video because I like to talk. Um, hope you enjoy. Bada boom, bada bing, minimize the OBS. Throw this pencil out of the way. Say hello, welcome. Please ignore the crinkly crinkly as I throw away patch before we get started. I'm going to give it a couple minutes to start because we might have one other person joining us, but it's literally just going to be a couple minutes. For those of you watching slash listening later in the podcast, uh, as of now, I'm joined with uh, Dagger House yet again. Thank you again for your presence. I appreciate you. Um, we shall get started somewhat shortly. Maybe oh. Let's see how that was just uh, my phone saying, hey, you're on Twitch, dude. Yes. Let's see. We have 14 full, whole followers now, above 50 views. I'm a, we're getting somewhere. It's only taken half a year. Doing great. <laughs> okay, so um, for those of you listening in, uh, tonight's topic is going to be on how to use magic items creatively. Um, so we're uh, breaking down before we start. We're going to go over magic item uses, um, not necessarily specific ones, but like uh, ones that we've used before in games and things like that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, mundane items that are used creatively. Um, what counts as a creative use versus kind of like, uh, duh, that's what it's for uh, kind of thing. Um, and how to reward creativity and or stop it. Because sometimes people come up with great ideas for weapons that like you just can't deal with. Because it's like, that's going to literally destroy everything I need it to do. Uh, that's not going to work because game magic. Which we try to avoid, but sometimes it's necessary. Because uh, if you get to a point in campaign and someone has built a uh, thermonuclear bomb on you. And you're like, hmm. Um, look, I know physically you have the material, manpower, and whatnot for it, but you can't do that. That'll end everything. Game will be over. We will all die. Uh, you're allowed to do that as a DM. Be like, <laughs> for some reason, it doesn't work. Uh, but we'll get to that kind of closer to the end. I'll probably use that example again because I do find it to be the, the funniest thing, especially since artificers have been added to the game. There's been a lot more uh, geeky, technical stuff re-added specifically to D&D. Um, I know they've been up for a few years now, but you know, there's always new horror stories about things you can do. Um, we'll also touch a little bit on uh, uh, creativity in general. You know, I'll tell a little story about the greatest use of a catapult and skeleton. I, you know, it is one of my favorite stories. Um, but we'll get to that later. So, um, let's let's get going start off uh let's do magic items because that's probably the easiest thing to go through right um i got a little handy deck of cards here that'll give me the basic uh version of the item and i'll come up with some fancy fancy magic and talk about the various elemental stuff but we're gonna start with treasures okay Pfft, treasures so thing i pulled it out here uh painted masterpiece right so 
how would you get this as a magical item that does stuff, right? Um, so let's say instead of a painted mag uh, masterpiece, it's a mirror of some sort, right? Um, and maybe this mirror uh, helps you detect vampires or something. It's a handheld mirror. Uh, and in your world, vampires generally don't actually get shown up by mirrors. You're not using, you know, traditional vampire lore. But in this one, it's like, ah, oh, this detects vampire and vampires spawn. If you show in front of a person, they don't show up, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, if they make the, take that item and attach it, like, you know, cut it carefully or something to where the magic still applies to make it smaller, that's be a creative use that you can use for something like that. Um, but, you know, typing it to the person, so, like, uh, they're in a Gorgon-like situation. I mean, they're in a town that are looking for vampires, and they, uh, turn it into glasses, you know, kind of those weird-looking, whatever. Uh, things like that is stuff they're going to have to modify, right? Being creative in their modifying process on how they use it. Uh, they probably won't need to use base items that are just like, this is supposed to be hung on a wall or something. Uh, but they can also do it for, like, a trap of some sort, right? So, like, they set down a hallway and there's regular civilians mixed in with vampires or whatever. Well, you put the mirror at the hallway and then, haha, I can see as everyone enters whether they're there or not. Uh, kind of thing. Or, look, there's only clothes floating down the hallway. Get them, however the mirror works. Whatever. Um, so, stuff like that, uh, treasure-wise, relatively easy to, to use creatively, but, uh, it's really, really going to be situational depending on the magical item's basic, uh, appearance, right? Um, let's see, mass, treasure, all that, you know, I mean, you use that as basically in other, other magic item. Let's go to tools. These are specific tools from the uh, SRD stuff. So, water skin. Ah, oh, actually, okay, so I have a perfect, perfect item for the water skin. Uh, there is a uh, water skin of Geyser, which is probably one of my favorite wondrous items to use. It might be called something different, but I've been calling it a wonder skin of Geyser forever. And it's a small water skin uh, that has a portal to somewhere else uh, basically infused at the bottom of it, so it always has water. You speak keywords, and a little bit of water spews out, you see another keyword, a lot of water shoots out, and then if you say the magic keyword geyser, it shoots a huge amount of water out, right? You're, you're firing a, a geyser, it shoots 20 feet long in a 5 foot stream, uh, super powerful, basically turns it into a portable fire hose. Um, stuff like that is going to be really fun to use, especially when it uh, doesn't necessarily have combat. Uh, uses, but you can use it in combat. You know? the, besides the, oh, hey, I threw a fireball and gotta go make sure I don't burn down the forest kind of stuff, uh, you could also use it for, like, pushing people off edges and things like that, because a 20-foot stream of water coming out in a 5-foot cube, or whatever you want to call it, is gonna knock you around. Um, when items like that are made and used, um, you're probably gonna have to make some kind of DC of some sort for the enemies to, you know, not get murked. Uh, in that situation, uh, strength decks are probably what you're going to use. Decks if they're going to avoid it or whatever. Uh, strength if they're going to try and stand still. Obviously, if you're doing the strength one, it's going to be a higher check than the decks because dodging is much easier than withstanding. Uh, but maybe if you withstand the, the thing, you know, still in a good position or whatever. Whereas if you dodge, you know, you get opportunity attacks or make it something something that the player gets for burning their action kind of thing. Um... When they use items like that, do not just let them use it as free actions. Um, even if it's not them actually, like, oh, hey, this only takes a bonus action to activate. Well, make it another action for them to pull out of their bag. Unless they have it ready. You know what I mean? So they spent the time earlier. 
Uh, but don't just let things like that be like, oh, it's just always on my hips. All I have to do is reach down and go, ho, ho, word, splash, dead monkey, whatever. Uh, dead monkey, dead monk, dead goblin, dead whatever, flew off the cliff. Um, you have to be careful, though, with this. Um, when they do get the effect, uh, they might not take physical damage, so they might not lose hit points, and you have to be very clear with that with your player, especially if they start using it on a regular basis for whatever reasons, because, you know, when you give players items like this, they're going to abuse them, uh, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, let them, let, let them abuse it just a little bit. Uh, if it gets too powerful, have a break, make them repair it, you know, tell them they could break again in the future. Uh, all things to keep the balance from it just being, I now have the Super Soaker of Doom! Which they can have. Let them have the Super Soaker of Doom. Everyone will laugh at that. Unless your tone is, you know, supposed to be serious, then don't even give out the Super Soaker of Doom. But, that's neither here nor there. Let's, let's find another, let's do another tool real quick. Ah, hemp rope! So, rope, magic rope. Uh, creative uses for rope besides, again, outside of combat and or tying things up. Um, rope isn't used a lot in, like, traps and triggers. I mean, it, it's, it is, but, like, we don't, as adventurers, think about that super often. Um, but remember that. Or, uh, climbing ropey stuff, right? So let's, let's, let's just go down to mundane use of regular rope. Uh, if you got a party member that can't climb because their athletics is trashed here, or, like, the, their class just doesn't climb well because they're in 48 pounds of armor, um, or 500 pounds of armor, whatever. Uh, tie a rope to them. Climb them up. Don't forget to use winches and pulleys and things, you know what I mean? Um, use rope like it's supposed to be used. I know that's not necessarily creative, uh, but people forget, like, rope is super useful. There's a reason why we as people have had it for so long. Like, top-tier equipment, off the bat kind of thing. Uh, it can also be forged and changed into other things. Nets, uh... Little strands, again, for making traps and things like that. Uh, keep keep your, your possible use of that open. Alright, let's see. These are proficiency items. Oh, of course I dropped these tools. I'm not going to talk about these tools because these tools are meant for thieving. Uh, there's really no creative use that they don't really cover. They, they're a one-job thing. Alright, smith tools. There we go. This is a good one. Magic, mundane, doesn't matter. Having smith tools on your character opens up a lot of possibilities for you to do stuff with. Um, besides just making weapons, right? Daggers, knives, axes, on-the-go kind of thing. Uh, obviously, when you do the, the Smith tools, you'll also have to have some kind of mini forge, or maybe they just have their own forge and they keep their tools there, whatever. Um, don't forget all the weapons inside a uh, Smith tools can be used for other things. Uh, not all of them are pretty. Um, if there was a torture equipment-y thing, uh, Smith tools would be the one. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what you're going to use. Uh, just, just as a thought and a side note on there. Um, but there are other things. You I mean, if you don't have a hammer for doing your ping stuff, but you have a Smith tools, obviously you can use that. You know, calipers allow you to hold things that are, like, cursed. Or stuff that you don't necessarily want to touch without hurting yourself. Um, tuning forks. Tuning forks. You can use those all kinds of places. Um, there's just a lot of various stuff. Uh, for building, crafting, and whatnot. Just, you know, stuff in there is important to keep in mind. Let's see. Let's do another one of those. Those are, those are kind of fun. Let's see. Proficiency. 
Bagpipes. <laughs> well, creativity and bagpipes. Well, if you're not a bard, having bagpipes basically just trying to say you want to be Scottish in the D and D realms. Uh, and then you know that's it. That's all you need it for. Just, just carry and just signify that you're Scottish in the D and D worlds. Just kidding. Um, they can be used for magical items just as easy as anything else. Uh, but bagpipes are also really good setups for. We talked about traps earlier. Set up some bagpipes with some other magical equipment to make loud noises when someone trips a thing. Super quick alarm. Uh, things like that. Uh, other musical instruments can kind of go along the same thing for making traps and alarms for when you're sleeping. Um, let's see. I mean, bagpipes, you know, you could just use them as a distraction. I mean, they're really loud. They get people's attention. Um, keep that in mind. I mean, that pretty much goes for any of the musical instruments stuff. Let's see. Uh, what's next? Potions! Okay, I shouldn't have to really talk about potions because potions are potions. But, let's see. Oil! Alright, cool. Uh, oil. The rules on these are a little... Very homebrewed in most of the sessions I run. Um, normally, you're supposed to just be able to throw them over unless that's going crazy. Yeah, okay, right now. We'll deal with that later. Um, sorry. You know, you're supposed to be able to throw them at 20 feet or use a sling or whatever. You hit the person, they're now covered in oil. They take any uh, damage before the oil dries, which is generally a minute later. Uh, they take an additional five fire damage. I generally do it to where it do just doubles whatever the burn damage they take and then you know burns up or it grants the burned property where they take the five additional damage and then it keeps going until they put it out or until it dries up um, you can also throw it on the ground and have it burn for two rounds uh, depending on how much you throw on one spot kind of thing uh, so it lasts for 12 whole seconds got all of the basic items uh, on these, you know, big vials of, you know, I made one giant pot of oil instead of, a, you know, the slingable vial type. Um, again, reward players for what they're working with on this one. Uh, you can't, don't always have to use it as a, hey, here's extra fire. You can also use it for, haha, it's slippery now. Uh, use them with ball bearings and things like that. Or, you know, you, something's not going because it's all rusty and gross. They hit it with a pot of oil, maybe allow them to, you know, have it be movable at least a little bit, unless you're really, really trying to keep them out of an area for some reason, and rust was your solution. Um, I mean, some characters might use it for cooking or something like that. An appropriate use. Just depends on what kind of oil they're doing. Um, it can also be an item that they go and get and gather, uh, just as a you know, side reward thing. Oil is a valuable thing. Uh, just because we have it in plethora doesn't mean it necessarily was always that way. Alright, let's find another potion. What else we got in here? Potion! There's only like five of these cards. Uh, uh. Okay, the, the rest of these are all, all pretty simple. I'm not going to go over potions too much because potions are one of those things that are kind of like a doy. This is what it's used for. Uh, holy water might be the other exception. Alright, moving on to armor. Leather armor, okay. So, this is your basic gear, plus one to your stuff. Um, creative uses of extra leather armor, besides just taking them in droves and selling them to your nearest merchant, would be like setting up dummies for practice. Uh, or just distractions, you know what I mean? Depending on how rich your group is, 10 gold pieces uh, isn't too much. 
you know what I mean? Especially if you're setting up targets that you want to, you know, stay up for more than one hit. Or, you know, if you're fighting someone with fire arrows, you know, not necessarily catch fire instantaneously. Uh, um, you know, outfitting other people or things. Leather armor is a good choice. Uh, creative stuff with this is turning regular leather armor into, like, animal armor of some sort. So your horse has something that protects it a little bit better than its skin. Uh, or your famous dog companion that your ranger wants to keep alive. Uh, or in our games, the bear that just, just can't survive for more than a session. Uh, give that bear some armor and see what happens. Um, again, armor is pretty, pretty easy for the, hey, do the simple thing with it, because that's what it's for. Um, we talked about the shield early on, comboing with the treasure item or wondrous item. You know, don't be afraid to let players mix their stuff together, especially with their armor, stuff that they can hang on them. Uh, things like that, uh, especially for things that they don't have to attune to for the, for the, you know, TTRBGs that require attunement. Uh, let's see. I think I got too many other, I mean, the rest of the armor is all the same stuff. Um, modifying armor. I should probably talk about that really quick. Um, there's some sections in, again, this is D&D, &D, uh, that have various, oh, hey, look at this. Uh, you can upgrade it with this, this, and this. Spikes, uh, weapon catchers, uh, extra plating, whatever. All those are important or cool ideas to use, but they don't necessarily do a whole heck of a lot. Uh, but you shouldn't limit your character's uh, creative use of using them. I mean, as long as it's, again, not game-breaking and makes sense, roll with it. That's how you uh, reward them for being creative. If they bring it up and they're like, hey, check this out. I'll let them do it. You know, roll cool with a lot of this stuff is highly prevalent. All right, focuses. Let's see what we got here. What is, what is this little set of cards say? Of focuses. Bam. A wooden staff. Okay, of course. <laughs> wooden staff. Druidic focus. So a uh, shepherd stick. Um, so besides it being the focus itself. Uh, you know, using it as a combat thing, or using the spell Shillelagh on this, that no one ever uses Shillelagh, uh, is kind of a good use of a, use of it. They can use it maybe for climbing, or something along those lines, where, you know, they're trying not to fall, they got a shepherd's stick to hold on tighter. Uh, blocking, jamming doors, you know, it's a stick. Uh, it might hold the door better than just, you know, their hands, that are fighting the velociraptors, and, uh, wherever the heck they're at, and the they haven't figured out how to shift door handles. You know. Give you a couple seconds. Sprig of mistletoe. Yeah, this is just spellcasting focus, unless you're like trying to poison someone who's allergic to mistletoe or kill a very specific god uh, or uh, trying to smooch a kiss for those bards out there. Mistletoe. Not necessarily druidic focus. So let's do one. Really do the focuses. That's this one. That's the wand. All right. There's four billion uses for a wand. Harry Potter it up. You'll be fine. Uh, Ooh, a reliquy. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, besides using this creatively to bludgeon someone over the head with, reliquies are kind of interesting just because they're you know, little holy areas uh, that might allow them to communicate directly with higher beings, right? Depending on who their, their god is, uh, that might be how they connect. You could also use them for warlocks. Uh, and things like that, uh, because they will uh, keep them uh, a way to contact a person. You know I mean, so keep those in mind. That's kind of an interesting item to use. 
But again, if that's how the player wants to, you know, walkie-talkie their god, cool beans, right? That's a that's an interesting item to use, to say the least. Or have their reliquary built into things, uh, if that is something they want to use, uh, built into a sword so it's a really tiny one on their hilt or something, uh, or built into the back of their shield so they can always protect it, whatever. Uh, those are interesting ways to use it. Alright, let's get the last one on the stuff and then we'll talk about magic types and things. Alright. Boom. Weapon number one. Heavy crossbow. Alright. Besides the, haha, you shoot people. Um, shooting people in specific locations uh, is creative useless. So aiming for the head, the arms, uh, whatnot. I know in D&D, &D, the gunslinger kind of has mechanics for this, and you might want to steal them for your crossbow using friends. Uh, I know for years I've had this as a, hey, you do a cold shot, you fire at disadvantage, and depending on where they say they shoot, has various effects. Because sometimes the head isn't always where you want to shoot, because you don't always want to kill people, or maybe you know, then have a head, or the head isn't as effective as the shoulder where there's a bright, blowing red spot that's a video game weak point. Whatever. Um... We talked about sticking it in the doors and things like that. Um, making this some kind of spring-loaded trap. Uh, you know, setting it up above to where, it, you know, as soon as the door opens, it fires through the door or at the door or whatnot. Uh, always interesting ways to use it like that. Um, it breaks. It turns into a great club. Both the weapon and the, hey, this is a great club. Uh, you might even combo it into making some kind of club that like folds out into a cro heavy crossbow. Done that before. That seemed fun. The barbarian using it loved it because uh, they had really had decks too, um, which might include encourage some barbarians to not constantly rage all the time. If that's something you're worried about, let's see. Let's find a new weapon. What's this? Ha ha! Glaive. Hey, what's the difference between a glaive and a halberd in D and D? Literally nothing. They're the same weapon. Uh, I think, they, I think one's cheaper than the other. But a uh, glaive is basically a sword on the end of a stick, compared to a halberd, which is basically an axe on the end of a long stick, maybe with a pokey piece or a hammer, depending on what style of halberd you're using. Um, but the glaive is a cool weapon. Uh, I would definitely try to focus with this one on trying to make stuff cool and give them... Hey, I can spin this in a circle for, you know, a D8 instead of a D10 and do a sweeping attack. Or something along those lines that, you know, lets them use the weapon more like it would be normally. Instead of just a, it's an extra long pokey stick that I have to use two-handed. Uh, you know, add extra stuff to it. Or if players suggest, again, because we're rewarding creativity here, uh, extra stuff go with it for the most part. Again, if it makes sense, they have something cool. Now, don't let a wizard pick this thing up and do the same thing that a fighter's doing with it. Uh, obviously specialize, unless that wizard has been training with said glaive for his entire adventuring existence. Um, that's the big thing about weapons, uh, when you're doing special creative stuff with them, uh, is they should have some time and dedication into doing those cool things, right? We see on movies and TV, you know, masters of whatever, get to do all kinds of crazy stuff with the weapons they hold. Well, real fighters do that too. They practice move for months so they can get it right or whatever. Uh, just make sure that you are making them earn that, whatever that is. Uh, we'll call it a free boon, even though it's not really a boon, it's more of a technique. Um, my big suggestion with that is please, please allow your players to do things like that because 
though they may add some breakage to the game if you're playing with the wrong people, for the most part it just makes people feel like they specialize in something or like the choices that they're making with what they pick up is matters, you know, instead of just rocking around with the longsword that's like, I just have the generic thing. Well, if you can take a longsword and throw it like a spear or something crazy because you've been practicing chucking your sword the entire campaign, or it seems like every fight your character throws his sword at somebody, you know, maybe you'd be like, oh, hey, you throw your sword enough when you throw it, you get to use your proficiency or something. Whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and that's just for combat stuff. You know I mean, you can always use weapons to block doors, like I said, with the staff. Um, sometimes it can be useful for climbing, you know, knives, things like that. If you don't actually have climbing gear, you're like, well, what if I take my knives out? You know, maybe give them a plus one instead of a plus two or half proficiency or something. Um, but on the other hand of that, if they critically fail or do things that would be dumb, don't be afraid to break their weapons. Don't be afraid to break their stuff. They're going to do dumb things. They should get punished. If they do creative things, reward them. If they do dumb things, punish them. Um... Obviously, warn people or let people know it's a possibility before you do such things. Like, oh, hey, stabbing uh, your wannabe lightsaber into electrical conduit uh, may break your weapon. You should probably not do that unless you really want to see what happens when you throw a lightsaber into electrical conduit. Then, then they know, and they're making the conscious decision that something bad will probably happen, or may or may not happen. You're in percentile roll, let's see how it goes, whatever. Um, again... A lot of the creative solutions are going to be homebrew. You're not going to find a lot of rules for them. Uh, and they are going to be rule of cool 90% of the time. Again, there are some books and some RPGs that specifically cover stuff that's like, hey, this is extra stuff that you can do when you hit certain levels or whatnot. Cool. Then you have rules to play off of. Uh, and sometimes you have to look at other classes to be like, oh, this class does this and this is where they're getting the idea from. Um, and you might be like, oh, you should multi-class. Or, if you're like me and don't like multi-classing, go, oh, hey, yeah, you're going to have to spend six months in game trying to figure that out because you haven't been training for the last 26 years on how to do that. Um, kind of thing. And when you do it, it's not going to be as cool as the version of, that the book gives out. Whatever. Um, let's see. We're doing, our time. We're doing great on time. Let's jump into elemental stuff right so magical extra stuff so this is we'll do lightning swords or fire swords or acid swords or whatever we're going to just focus on well what if a weapon is a sword and it has elemental juice on it well starting with fire uh the meme i shared on uh, instagram i think i kind of went over this where the you know, the the blade is now ten thousand degrees well Think of how that melts through butter and other things like that. You know, it kind of has the same effect on real people. Real people, I'm going to put quotations around that. Um, yeah, it's going to do extra damage and things like that. But that's the basic haha, whatever. Uh, the higher level stuff is like, oh, they're using it to catch something on fires, like a rope that's holding a box that's going to crush somebody instantaneously. Um, or, you know, just lighting a fire in general. You know I mean? How, how uh, cool is it to just be like, and I stick my sword in the unlit wood and fire! Hey, look, we're going to use this oil, too. Extra bright fire! Extra bright fire, always good. Uh, so, that's fire. Fire is relatively easy. Uh, lightning, you know, use a lightning weapon uh, in the water. 
uh, unless it is like specifically from somewhere that's like, oh, it just affects whatever it touches and whatnot. Have it electrocute everyone in the water if the water is a small enough area. Uh, or maybe just in a AOE around the person, <laughs> including the person. I mean, lightning in water is a bad choice. You should know this. Uh, if you don't, get shocked and figure it out. Like, don't necessarily kill them or instantly incapacitate them. But maybe that's the thing. They get a lightning, we'll go to a spear and they go, I'm going to check it. Or we go back to the sword checker from earlier. They got a sword, I'm going to check it. Magic on. Kazow. Hit somebody and then, all the fish float to the top. Bada boom, bada bing. Creative use. Um, allow it. <laughs> Do something fun with it. Uh, unless they totally goof up and fall in the water at the same time. <laughs> That's all I'm. Or they're friends in the water and they turn them into mushy gush on accident. Sad times. Uh, let's see. So acid. Uh, acid, you know, generally kind of gets downplayed in the D&D stuff. Along with other stuff. Uh, it just is like an extra damage modifier. Have that, like, tear through things. I mean, if you take your acid, again, we're going to use a sword, and hold it over an uh, enemy armor piece for a while, it's eventually going to melt through, right? Especially if you're touching to them or whatever. Uh, that's, that's a high-tier fear tactic of just hearing your armor melt slowly. I'd say that'd be terrifying. Give them some bonuses. Uh, melt through doors, locks, things like that. Same kind of thing. You stick a acid sword into a lock for more than a minute, that lock's probably going to melt. No need for a thief when you get the melter around. Uh, again, having a thief should obviously be much faster than melting through with a sword, but play your games or you're going to play your games. Uh, let's see what else. Necrotic, you know, death touch. Uh, maybe instead of attacking people, they're killing crops or trees or something to make easy barricades. Uh, you know, there's a giant oak in the middle of the road and you're being chased by a small band of people on horses that aren't super far behind, you take your sword and stab it to a tree for a minute, and it goes, <laughs> blocks off the rub. That's creative use. Um, leaving a path to tell others where you went, because, you know, your sword's barely sticking out of the sack that you got captured in. Stab the ground every once in a while, make a path, because it kills everything around it. Creative use. Uh, radiant, besides the obvious, I need light in a specific area. Or, I'd shed ten feet of bright light, because this sword is shiny. Um, using it to blind somebody, you know, very, very dark room, magic off, magic on, depending on how your magic items work, if they have an on-off switch. Uh, if you're rocking something like the, uh, Sunblades, right, do that where they have, they are basically lightsabers. Well, if you're in a completely dark place and you're fighting people that necessarily don't have dark vision and they're like, oh, we're so sneaky. And you, who have dark vision, see them hiding you, you just close your eyes and turn on the sun. Have that blind the people or do something. Surprise. Give them some negatives if they've been blinded. Whatever. Um, that's it. Those are all very, very ways. Force. Force is a, is a hard one to describe. You know, it just, it hits harder. It does better. Um, physically pushes them. Whatever. Um, yeah, you hit a object with force. It should go flying. I mean, especially if it's a small object. You know, take their strength and multiply it by five, and that's how far it flies. Something. Uh, make a mechanic for it that makes sense for what you're doing. Um, don't be afraid to be like, oh, I didn't hit him with the sharp side, I just hit him with the blunt side, but the force still applies, so they're still getting slapped for another ten points of non-lethal damage or something. Whatever. Uh, force is, kind of, is going to be hard to describe for most things. 
Um, so it's more of a visual effecty thing. Uh, players suggesting stuff with force, you know, uh, again, outside of the Star Wars realm, uh, force stuff is going to push things and move things better. Um, but sometimes it's a pull as well, right? So you might hit something that flies towards you for some reason. If you're using some kind of arrows or something, you want people to come closer. Try, try something like that. Um, see, am I missing anything? Ice. Ice is easy. Freeze things. Kind of the opposite of fire. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it does the cold. Have it do the cold. Uh, keeping food fresh, though, with cold items isn't used super often, or at least not that I've seen. Uh, creating water out of the moisture in the air. You know, if you're in the desert, you have to have a cold blade. Just, you know, find a rock and make some condensation. Boom, water. Um, creative use that could be used, you know. Save you from needing water unless you're one of those parties that just says, Ha! We don't need that. We have a ranger, and the ranger always finds the water. What they don't know is the ranger just has to make a pot somewhere do condensation the hard way. Um, let's see what else. Nothing any other. Uh, wind is a, you know, if you're doing really elementals, wind and force are basically the same thing. Um, so however you flavor that, if you get a wind sword, you, you really have a force sword, but maybe instead of, you know, purple wishiness, it's just wishiness. Um, let's see, let's see. It's all for like melee, melee items. There's a whole bunch of wondrous items that you can use creatively. Uh, using uh, the stone animals to choke, uh, carry uh, wagons and things like that without getting tired and eating food is great, except for the fact that most of them only last for like an hour at a time. So you better be doing some like super short trip in the city kind of thing. Um, <laughs> If you have enough of them, you just can't you know, replace them out as they need to go, and then the next day you're good for another eight hours. Though that would be very expensive slash hard to find, but, you know, throw that in there. Um, what else? Oh, man, there's so many so many choices of Wondrous items that you could talk about and use creatively. Um, bracers and things like that, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, most of them just are attuned items that give your player extra stuff. Uh, there's not a lot that'd be like, oh, I make a shield or something, something like that. Or the ones that do, you know, that all they do is make a shield. Uh, and thoughts on that one is like, oh, hey, door's closing. Put my buckler of force in the way kind of thing to stop the door from closing. That's a creative way to use it. Uh, that isn't necessarily avoiding damage or doing what the uh, item is supposed to do. Uh, but for a lot of those types of uh, items they just they, they tell you what they do and that's really all they're meant for um, so don't let your players get too crazy like oh I'm going to combine uh, a necklace of healing with a bracer and every time I get hit I'm going to get a plus one to one of my stats or something so like, don't do that don't, don't, don't be that guy don't let the artificer bully you into mean things <coughs> speaking of, bo of artificer bullying stuff um, when you get to doing your campaign settings uh Creativity and using items is important. Do not let them just rip items off uh, the internet to, to build stuff, right? Or just modern items that they're like, I want a cell phone uh, in the Forgotten Realms or where the heck you're playing. Don't, uh, don't let them make a cell phone for nothing. Uh, you know, just, just 
if you have a person that's like, well, it should work because I know how to make a thing in real life and I can figure out if I can figure out my character is ten times smarter than I am, blah, blah, blah. You're right. Your character probably is ten times smarter than you, but that's either here or there. They have no idea what a cell phone is, nor would they have the inspired creative craziness to come up with it. Um, so, in that regards, you know, know where your uh, technological setting is, you know, when you're building tinkery. Oh, hey, this, this weapon isn't a plus one sword, but it does plus one damage because it has some kind of mechanical thing that, as it hits the body, it chop, 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 and slices the wrong better. Um, I am guilty of making things that for my players that do a little bit more than they should. Um, and you got to be really careful with how much you allow them to do, otherwise you end up with a rocket hammer that does uh, like 400 damage on a critical. Don't, don't do that. You negate the need for combat, for single enemies at least. Um, and if the players build those kind of things themselves, and it's too late, and you're like, oh yeah, let them build it. And now they have this thing that is uh, ridiculous. Don't be afraid to destroy them. I mean, if it doesn't serve your campaign, uh, or just cheapens it to where no one else is fun, because the barbarian's the only one that kills things. Like, talk to the player, let them know, like, hey, everyone else isn't having fun. I'm glad you're enjoying the Rocket Hammer of Doom. Uh, but literally everyone else is just like, we'll wait for the barbarian to hit, and then we'll take a nap. Tell us when the RP starts so we can have fun, too. Uh, make sure that you're avoiding that. Now, I uh, specifically talk about the Rocket Hammer, though in that campaign I do not believe the other characters were not having fun, uh, because they also had over PA-ord silliness and were, you know, really into all the other aspects. But combat was very much dominated by, you know, one character. That's okay, sometimes. I mean, that was, that was the whole point of, of that group's uh, silliness. Was the big hammer smash. Uh, what else we got? Um, we're about at 40 minutes, time-wise. Um, I'm going to open up to Decker House here and see if he has any questions, additional comments, things like that. If he's there. Wahaha. And while he unmutes his mic, if he has it muted, I'm going to check my phone. Yep, I am muted. <laughs> so, uh, probably the hardest thing is, like, you get DMs go out magical items to make certain uh, parts of the adventure possible, you know. And uh, you have them forever, so you end up using them in different adventures, and, you know, once you solve the problem of darkness, right, you have something that produces light, you can never have darkness be a barrier for them. How do you, uh, without making ridiculously powerful mm -hmm. uh, spells, whatever, to overcome the magic item? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Um, okay, so this is this is where you as a DM have to be creative and bargain with your players, whether they realize you're bargaining or not. You know, let them go to a magic shop and be like, "Oh, I'll sell you five hundred gold for that sword, and I'll give you this." slightly worse version uh or you know just a completely other item that is you know pretty much the same but has a different effect uh, players like to use new stuff um, if you dangle a new carrot in front of their face they're going to chase it 
nine out of ten times. Again, unless you've made the Rocket Hammer of Doom, that they're never going to give up. Um, and in that case, you know, have them break. You know, I don't encourage that a lot, but that's the easy, simple solution, besides trying to bargain from them or make it a plot point where they have to return it to somewhere. Uh, and that's another great way to get rid of magical items. Have it be owned by someone that's like a holy knight for a god or uh, have a area where it's like, look, they need that item really bad because if they don't have it, everyone in that area is going to die. So let's say sword with light, right? And your issue is darkness. Uh, let's say there's a village that they come across that is infested by uh, shadow people, right? And they had a holy item uh, that was, you know, in the center of town that kept everything safe and sound and yada yada. Uh, but it just, the magic wore out or things like that happened to it. It got stolen, it broke because some idiot kid dropped it. Uh, and they need a replacement. Well, your sword would fit perfectly there and they'd be happy to reward you for the sword and with what they could. Um, that or you have to kill a, a thousand shadow people or something crazy from the legends. Um, and, you know, or temporarily, right, give up that weapon for a while to make darkness an issue. And then when they get past that story arc, maybe they get their item back. Or they get a different item that does something different that is, you know, equivalent to what they had. You know, don't skip your players uh, for cool stuff they could have. Uh, but that doesn't mean they need to have the problem solver with them at all times. Uh, otherwise, you kind of get the... Uh, we'll go jump to a video game, Skyrim, right? Uh, what's the what's the sword you get for completing one of the Daedric missions? It's the one with the beacon. Uh, Dawnbreaker, right? No, that's the DLC. It might also be Dawnbreaker. I'm not, I don't remember. Anyway, you get the sword relatively low level most of the time, like around 10 or whatever. Uh, and I know when I play, that's like one of my backup weapons always. Anytime I go into a tomb, I have it out because it A, produces light, and B, does extra damage to undead and all that other fun stuff. Um, so, you know, uh, that might be the other thing. I mean, they might just have it on their person all the time to be in case of a uh, situation, pull out the weapon. That's okay, too. You know what I mean? Um, if they get too much stuff, Remind them that they can only attune to so many weapons and things like that. And not to make some decisions and use a DMGM. We'll just have to make your choices on how to counteract them if that's what you want to do. Or, if you're playing a campaign that's like, you want them to be the heroes, then they have a super weapon that makes them the good guys, right? They are the, the uh, counter to the evil that is plaguing whatever. Let them be that person. That's okay. It's not going to hurt too much. <coughs> Excuse me. Any other questions? That was, a, that was a good one. Um, I guess rarity is always the one that you know all players fight against. Uh, how rare, how rare each thing is compared to how much power it produces. Yeah. How do you, okay. how do you how do you balance that? So, rarity is a uh, weird one to say the least, right? Because uh, there's only so many categories and how do you qualify what is rare or legendary or whatever that really is just how often you find it, right? Um, obviously, named items like the Spear of Shifting Sides, you know, it's only one of those, so it's going to be a legendary item, right? But, you know, someone could make something similar 
uh, and mass produce it that may or may not be as powerful. You know, uh, in most books they have a leveling system for when you're supposed to give out weapons. So you're not supposed to give out legendary weapons to your level one characters unless that's the plot hook that you're running. You know, I mean, you're running a whole bunch of heroes uh, or villains, and you're starting out level one with a legendary item. You know, uh, those are all uh, unique ways to go about it. Uh, but for the most part, you're not going to get legendary stuff until you're 15 plus. Um, you know, and even then, you might wait till you're 17, and then you know it's an in-game item. Um, but rarity shouldn't be looked at. I mean, if you're just trying to find good weapons, find weapons that fit the appropriate theme of the story you're telling. Um, because rarity is just how hard they are to find. So you, again, stuff that's past rare. Um, it shouldn't be sold in shops unless, like, that's what that stop shop specifically sells. Is we do rare items, like that's their that's their stick. Um, and obviously for stuff like that, don't let low level players into those shops. Or if you do, make sure it's ridiculously priced or priced appropriately, where low level players are generally not going to be able to afford it. Uh, or if they do, and they, they, you know they start doing crazy things with it, have it be an illusion or something that you can take away. You know, whatever. Uh, DM magic is something I suggest you be careful with, but not overpowering with. Um, don't be afraid to use it, but don't use it all the time. That kind of thing. <coughs> um, yeah, rar rarities. Uh, I wish there was a better system for it. Um, or if things came in different levels of rarity, would be better, I think. I mean, I know it's a lot more work to go through your item and be like, oh, well, it has seven levels of uses. Well, that's good, because then I can throw it at my players whenever. Because sometimes you get a super common item that is super helpful, uh, but once you get past level five, it's like, well, anything I pick up is going to be better than this. Uh, but I really like the effect this thing has. You know, whatever. Um, generally, I would just say at that point, if you have an item like that that's like a low level or a high level one, uh, decrease its power by a bit. I mean, don't be afraid to have a weapon quote unquote grow with a character. I mean, uh, you don't necessarily have to be like a hexblade or something uh, for that to work that way. I mean, uh, make a weapon that grows with the player. Uh, have it shift in form with the story. It'd be kind of cool. Again, another another plot type. Really, just depends on the world you're playing in. Um, as a suggestion for, again, this is specifically for D&D, um, the less amount of items you give players, the more closely related to the book you're going to be able to do things. The more you just give items out willy-nilly, left and right, you're going to pull off book and start having to homebrew a lot, which is fine. I mean, the, a lot of the campaigns I personally do are like that, but I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. If you're a by-the-book, raw kind of person... Don't don't give out magic items. They just make stuff super complicated. Or if you do, make sure it's like you know end of mission rewards. Not oh hey this random bandit had a plus three sword. Um, the other thing, right? If you're gonna homebrew items, uh, elemental uh, enchantment, right, is an easy way to make a sword just a little bit better. It doesn't even have to be like a plus one, but if you give it oh it's magical. And if you hit with a critical, it does lightning damage. Or all the damage it does is technically lightning. However you want to phrase it. Uh, doing that kind of stuff to the appropriate level kind of solves the rarity issue. Because then you can give out cool effects 
that don't necessarily change the gameplay too much. Um, again, going back to the lightning sword. Uh, having a level 5 adventurer who has a sword that does lightning damage, well, lightning damage doesn't do too much more. I mean, in-game, sure, there's less things that are resistant to it, uh, but you're still only swinging a 1d8. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Excuse me. Can't anything, Raj. Fantastic. Okay, well, um, those were all fantastic questions. Again, thank you for joining me tonight. I know I talked for the majority of it. Um, I hope you have a wonderful night. Everyone else who listens to the podcast later, uh, I hope you guys have wonderful nights. Uh, for the people watching, if there's any, I'm locking, uh, I'm locking my phone. Get off Snapchat up here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think anyone will watch, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll use this video still. It'll go to the, the podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> anyway, have a good night. Thank you very much. Bye. That's it for the video. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we got a uh, possibly new item coming out this month, starting next month, something along with that. So keep an eye out for that. Come check out the website. Come check out the Discord. Uh, we want you there. If you're a big TTRPG player or not, come check us out. Come talk. Come fill out polls. Links pretty much everywhere. Should be easy to find. If not, message us. We'll answer, we swear. Uh, anyway, hope you all have a wonderful night, like I said before.